supporting the modern practice doesn't just mean for vets, but the industry as a whole. So we're looking at vets, veterinary nurses, practice managers, clinical directors, animal assistants, and how we can really kind of come together and huddle around them and show support and make it clear where the support is. And I think from an IMV imaging perspective, it's really important that companies like us are supporting what the BVA does, things like vet support, just to make it really clear to the industry where they can find support when they need it. Hello and welcome to this Vet Times Extra podcast. We've teamed up with IMV Imaging for a special edition of their focal point, where we're going to be bringing some insights and initiatives to the veterinary sector. We'll be discussing results from an IMV run survey on some of the challenges the veterinary sector faces and some of the things we have to look forward to. Joining me today are Christy Lightley, Head of Marketing for IMV Imaging, Malcolm Morley, President of the BVA, and Fiona McFarland, Senior Vice President of the North of Ireland Veterinary Association. We're going to discuss quite a lot today, but the jumping off point is some research that IMV has done to better understand professionals' practice aspirations, what excites them, and what the biggest challenges are that are facing the sector at the moment. So lots to cover, but first of all, thank you and welcome everybody. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. No problem at all. So starting out then, I suppose just to set the scene before we delve into it, what was this research that IMV carried out, Chrissy? Absolutely. So the research was carried out by an external agency on behalf of IMV Imaging. Um, we were polling 514 vets, vets as vet nurses across the UK and Northern Ireland. Um, I guess the reasoning behind the research piece, we've obviously seen a lot of change in the veterinary industry, especially over the kind of last five to 10 years. So it was really to get an understanding of what the industry looks like today and what the veterinary professionals need from us. Right. Excellent. So what were some of the challenges that you found in the survey and how would you all say the sector is approaching the challenges and where they can look to for support moving forward? Absolutely. So I guess just from from an IMV point of view and from the survey side of things, um, some of the main challenges that were highlighted are inclusivity, um, sorry, inclusivity in the industry, um, mental health and well-being, obviously kind of surrounding that that balanced workload side of things, um, and then veterinary nurse empowerment as well. And how do we really build the confidence within the veterinary nurse industry um, and empower them to, to move on in their careers? So how would you say the sector is approaching the various challenges? It was a fairly unprecedented time, Malcolm, isn't it, with the pandemic and then on the back of that, lots of other issues as well. Yeah, we know we've got lots of challenges. Really good to recognise what those are around things like work-related stress, work-life balance. We cannot brush those aside, but then we have to be forward-thinking and positive The time has gone for just being negative about this. Um, There's something for everybody to try to improve the situation in the profession. We can't just uh, say, well, it's for the RCVS or something like that. It's for all of us to try to make a difference. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear to me that the road that has brought the profession to where we are now is not the same one that will lead us forward. We need some change and perhaps we'll have a think about those in a minute as to what we're going to do. As far as BVA is concerned, good veterinary workplaces, it really is the cornerstone of a lot of these things. Okay, so just delving a bit more into that, I mean, obviously it's well documented, but that's been going for a year or so now. Yeah, Good Veterinary Workplaces was was a piece of work. It wasn't just something we came up with. We put a, mm-hmm. brought a big working group together, actually pre-pandemic, um, to look at some of the systemic issues in the profession around workplaces, 
And uh, it brought together people from within the profession, from outside, and tried to look what are the key things that we can do. I really like the way Christy said about inclusivity there. You know, I think that a lot of the veterinary professions are about people. Our practices are about people. And if they're about people, well, they have to be about all people equally and trying to support each other and make sure practices are somewhere where people feel valued and fit in. That's really important. Yeah, I think that's really key, isn't it? Because nobody's working in a vacuum. You have got really good colleagues around you. And I suppose it's everybody supporting everybody for the common good, I guess, and working within Team Bet. Yeah, and I really like, we, we might delve into this a bit more as well. If we try to make our workplaces fit for the people who might otherwise feel marginalised, feel like they don't fit in, if we make it better for them, we generally make it better for everybody. Yeah, okay. And, and Fiona, anything to add from your perspective at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the industry has accommodated change really well in the last few years. And I think that it's something that we should be very proud of. I think we have shown, especially throughout the pandemic, that we're one of the most adaptable professions and we made changes very quickly and we were able to incorporate flexible working. And and we did that with ease, was being able to continue to provide a service which was faultless along, along throughout the pandemic. But I think one of the biggest challenges which Christy's touched on has been the ability for career progression. And I think we have done very well at improving upon that in the last few years and it's I suppose gone are the the times where if we look back to a few years ago we had really three main main people within a practice we had the the vet and the owner and then we had the vet who was an assistant and then we had people who weren't vets and that has has evolved and has changed massively over time and i think where that's been able to be developed has been able to give employees the opportunity to take on various roles. So you now have vets becoming clinical directors, clinical leads, uh, senior vets, and being able to have role, clearly defined role responsibilities, which gives them the opportunity to progress within a general career um, without becoming a practice owner. And I think that's a massive um, plus point, and it is something that we have developed and how the industry has taken on those challenges. The same for nurses. Nurses have been able to move into senior nurse roles, um, theatre nursing, practice management roles, and reception teams and stuff as well have been able to move into sort of shift shift into customer care roles as opposed to just people who answer the phone. And um, So I do think that, that we have taken on the um, question about career progression and being able to do further qualifications has become a lot easier in general practice. Again, the shift away from you can only do that in an academic institute. And we now have people doing certificates very quickly out of university while still being able to, to work in general practice. So career progression, I think it, it still has scope to develop further, but I think we have taken on those challenges quite well within the industry so far. So lots of opportunities available. I suppose it's just people seizing the initiative and seeing how they can develop opportunities that are available. Absolutely. So looking at some of the challenges that we've already highlighted, and obviously Malcolm's already mentioned the Good Veterinary Workplace Initiative, what are some of the examples of recent initiatives and activities that are being worked on within the professions? I'll tell you about one thing that BVA has done, which I feel had a huge impact and is really relevant and something that we're going to do. One thing that we've done is we did a piece of work around flexible working, and we know from surveying our members that flexible working is increasing enormously in the profession and is also becoming less gendered. It's This is not just about one gender or another, and it's certainly not just about caring responsibilities. It's also about work-life balance. 
um, actually just raising the conversation about flexible working and giving people examples of how it works, I think stimulated a lot of discussion. I work in a practice where there's a significant number of flexible workers. I think we're so much better for it with people working part time. We have more people in our practice, more whole brains to bring to our team. We have more flexibility and adaptability. We have more people who walk in and uh, with a spring in their step because it's their day of work and they were doing something different yesterday. So I think BVA's thing about flexible working has been really good and we've seen that being embraced really well. Something I feel very passionate about and has been really important to me personally is that we are doing a piece which I think is going to come out in June around considering menopause and the impact on people in our profession. I've been on a real journey of learning about this myself, if I'm honest, um, with family, friends and colleagues and the impact that it's had on them. This is not a topic which, you know, we we talk about enough, I think. It, it in the past, we struggled to talk about mental health issues and it was stigmatized. We've we've gone past that. But for people who are experiencing symptoms of menopause, that's often something that they find difficult to raise or other people find it difficult to talk about. And yet in a profession where we have more than 50 percent women and we are talking about retention and then return to work, uh, potentially so important that we think about this topic and uh, so bva has got a piece of work about that coming out and i really look forward to sharing that with people in june a lot of it is just how to have conversations and talk not everybody wants to talk about it all the time but um we need to and it's all too easy for people like you and me paul to think well menopause mm-hmm. doesn't affect us not our thing but actually it's important for all of us and the teams that we work in yes absolutely and Christy, anything that you want to add here as well? Yeah, I think so. So I guess Malcolm's touched on the inclusivity side of things, but for, for me, it's not just people that are within the industry, it's also access to the industry. Um, so I think, as we all know, the, the veterinary industry at the moment probably isn't one of the most diverse places. Um, so how do we then make, then make that more accessible? Um, it was actually Malcolm that had appointed me in the direction of a charity that's been set up by a group of young vets called um, Animal Aspirations. Um, it's it's actually really amazing what these guys do. So they take time out of their own hectic schedules and basically base it off their own experience and work with students from diverse backgrounds, ethnic minorities, and I guess a selection of a group of people that don't come from a privileged background um, and just really getting them to explore the veterinary industry and make it more accessible for them. Um, They do this through a number of fabulous different ways from workshops to going and doing talks. They hold annual events. And again, it's just opening up the industry um, to other groups that perhaps might not have the access there. Yeah. And Malcolm touched on mental health and well-being, but I think it's probably just worth recapping some of the initiatives that have happened there. You've got something you can add to this, I think, Fiona, to do with vet support. Absolutely. I have been involved with vet support since the onset. Um, We set up this voluntary support organisation and service some years ago, well, a few years ago now. Initially, it was an initiative which we developed in Northern Ireland, but it very quickly extended to all of Ireland and all of UK. Um, So just to touch on it, some people may or may not have heard about the service. But the the main instigator for this was, as Malcolm says, to try and get away from the the negative thoughts about talking about mental health and well-being. 
and to make it something a lot easier for people to talk about, but just um, for people to feel that they could have open conversations about it. And one of the things that really struck me at the time at the beginning when we were thinking about how to deliver this service was we're very, very happy to come into work and talk about our physical ailments, um, sometimes far too happy to talk about how sore our back is or our knee or our injuries that we've sustained. Um, and everyone's quite happy to say, well, I can't do that today because I've got a sore back or I can't, I have to take time off. But there was very much this thought that we're not happy to come into work and say, look, I'm I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and I'm not able to deal with this today. Um, or I am going to take some time out because I'm not I'm not able to to cope with the circumstances that I'm going through. Um, and why is it not okay to to talk about that just the same way? And I suppose that also relates to what Malcolm's talking about, menopause. Why is it not okay to say that this is this is something that you're going through and experiencing? Um, but it is okay to talk about our physical ailments. So that gives you a little bit of background as to why we wanted to, to set this support service up. But Vet Support is a voluntary support organisation really aimed at all members of the veterinary profession or veterinary family, as we like to call it. Um, so vets, nurses, um, support staff, basically students, anybody who's working within the veterinary profession. And we're a team currently of eight vets and two veterinary nurses. And our main aim is to provide a safe, empathetic, non-judgmental listening ear and to be able to support people who are stuck in difficult circumstances or those who are perhaps just feeling overwhelmed or anxious or stressed. And our main aim is to help people to think calmly and rationally and to be able to think their own way out of the problems that they're facing, to create clear goals and to find a way forward. And the service is completely 100% confidential and that is completely guaranteed. But I suppose the main thing is to is it's really important to us that everyone has someone to turn to who will actually listen and, and listen reflectively. And no matter what the issues may be, there's no problem that's too small or too big. So the supporters are all, um, we've all been trained by experienced psychotherapists. It, it, we went through a, a year really of, of training and assessment and we do have regularly, uh, we meet regularly quarterly uh, to, to recap on training and to make sure that we're continuing to upskill and, and be able to actually provide a, a bespoke service. So we've interacted with a lot of colleagues and initially, I'm not going to in too much more detail, but um, we have a website, it's vetsupport.me. And initially people make contact via email and they can make contact just with the general service, which is manned by uh, an individual. So guaranteed that somebody will be, you know, and in, in, um, make a response to you within 24 hours. Or you can read through the biographies of the volunteers and maybe perhaps if there's someone that you feel that you'd align better with, um, you can pick a specific person to to contact. But all of the contacts are completely confidential. We don't discuss it with each other. We don't discuss it outside the, the conversations that we have with the individual. So it's a completely confidential service, which is open to all members of the profession. And just last year, we also set up part an arm of the support service, which was to work alongside the RCBS as a to provide a buddying service for those who are going through disciplinary investigations. Um, one of the most stressful circumstances you probably could ever face in your career. So vet support is one of the biggest initiatives that has happened in terms of mental health or addressing and supporting mental health in the last few years. And certainly want to take this opportunity to make sure that everybody's aware and um, that everybody knows there is somebody to, to turn to for that level of support. Absolutely brilliant. And we've got links I should point out in the show notes to a lot of the services that we're discussing here, including vet support. 
excellent work. I mean, it's much needed. And the fact it's spread and it's taken on by the whole of Ireland and the UK is just testament to the fact it was such a fantastic idea in the first place. So um, all the best with that. That's that's brilliant. Thank you. I think it's great to be highlighting how you're supporting people through Royal College disciplinary hearings, Fiona, because um, that's such a big deal and really great to see vet support picking that up. Absolutely. I suppose with a lot of potential changes coming, we cover quite a bit in Vet Times about the changes to various parts of the disciplinary process. And that in itself can be a concern for people. I suppose it's how there's a bit of uncertainty about it. So the whole process as well and how things are going to change, I suppose it's all interconnected. Many of us define ourselves as vets, don't we? And any threat that that might be, you know, that might be a threat, any even question of that is a really huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. work being done by vet support. And Christy, you've got something to add, I think, here as well, some work you're doing with Katie Ford. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I absolutely echo everything that Fiona and Malcolm have just said. Um, I think it's a really good point about Malcolm saying about what it is to be a vet. Um, so we've been working quite closely with Katie Ford who addresses issues like that around mental health and well-being and that imposter syndrome that seems prevalent within the industry at the moment um, so we've obviously got mental health awareness month coming up in May um, which is going to be running the same time as the BVA live so we will be hosting a mindful this morning um, with Katie Ford on Friday the 12th of May for anyone to come along and join um, it's really just to kind of help with some simple yet effective techniques to to kind of deal with those moments where you are feeling overwhelmed and take a step back and take a breath I think we've all been there no matter what industry we're in so it's just something that that's, could potentially be very helpful for everyone. Hmm. I suppose it goes to the heart of it as well, in the sense that, you know, the mind is such a wonderful thing, but it can act against you as well. And I think it's just ensuring that you know that you're not alone and there is support out there. Absolutely. Um, It's one of the things that she discusses a lot, that your mind plays tricks on you. And that's what feeds into things like imposter syndrome, um, which then in turn obviously massively affects your mental health. So I think it's wonderful to be able to see it from that first point, but then have a larger support network if it's needed as well through things like vet support. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Touched a bit on, obviously, veterinary nursing as well. And there's quite a lot of work being done here to sort of empower them and the need to protect the title, that sort of gather momentum again, which is great. So anything you want to sort of add on this? I mean, I think BVA is just hugely supportive of BVNA's campaign to protect the title. It is crazy. I mean, Paul, you could call yourself a veterinary nurse. Probably wouldn't, um, not in your career plans. <laughs> the fact that anybody can sell, call themselves a veterinary nurse where, you know, we've got these really highly trained professionals as RVNs that we work with. Um, it, it is a fundamentally a BVNA campa- campaign, but we're really behind that. And I'm sure that's going to come to fruition. It may well be that it comes to fruition with legislative reform, reform of the Veterinary Surgeons Act, which is so woefully out of date. Uh, it may be that it happens separately, but yeah, we'll keep championing the role of RVNs at every stage. Yeah. And as Fiona alluded to earlier, you were saying about how many opportunities are available and a lot of those are within the scope of veterinary nurses themselves. Yeah, indeed. And certainly something that I've seen over the last few years, I was working as a full time locum um, over the last five, six years. And the the change in the level of service that veterinary nurses offer within practices has massively um shifted and moved forward as well and it's it's really positive to see um, nurses are taking on roles nurse clinics you know there are some clinics that I would be in where nurses are consulting all day just as much as the vets and I think 
practices that embrace that and take responsibility for the fact that nurses have skills and that they use those and maximize those to their full potential, that those sorts of practices are really, really forward thinking. And um, I'd like to see a lot more of that going on within within general practice. But um, we have some highly skilled nurses out there that I think sometimes are underutilized. So it's really good to, to see that they're given as many opportunities as everybody else does. And Christy, IMV has been doing some work here as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So we have been working with Jack Pye on this. So again, just to echo what Fiona and Malcolm have said, there's obviously issues around workload at the moment within the veterinary profession. So how do we better utilise our veterinary nurses? And for me, that's through building their confidence and building their skill set. Um, Jack's actually going to be publishing a really interesting piece with with yourself, Paul, um, in the Vet Times in May, just around how veterinary nurses can have those discussions with their practices. I think sometimes it's not sure about how do we broach that conversation or what does my your path look like um so it's just really a nice piece on some tips and tricks of, of how to build their confidence around that um so i would um, encourage anyone who's listening today just to have a little look out for that perfect and jack pye a real advocate of veterinary nursing and the profession will definitely look out for that so yeah looking at some of the survey results there was some real interest from participants in that in knowing what's next for the professions i mean constantly there's there seems to be change afoot and lots of great things coming down the horizon but what's something exciting that we could be seeing fairly soon in the sector? Well, so I bring it back to good veterinary workplaces. BVA has got some uh, really good initiatives going on around that again. And particularly, we want to try to recognise those practices which are achieving great things and investing in their people. I think all of us know practices which are acing it. At the moment, it's impossible to sort of get recognition for that. BVA is working on a scheme which will do that. And so as the, the towards the end of the year, I hope we'll hear more about that. Um, we've got more initiatives, particularly we've got one coming out at the end of the year about return to work and think about how we can inspire vets to return to work who've been out of the workplace so that's a that's a really big thing that sits under again this umbrella of good veterinary workplaces, which we use for a lot of what we do. Excellent stuff. With the shortages and that, and the more you can persuade or I suppose persuade themselves to come back in, is, inspire is them to come back. Absolutely, inspire. Much better word. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Fiona. Yeah, one of the other, um, well, I suppose it's not, it's not something that's coming, but one of the exciting things that I've really enjoyed um, seeing develop and sort of revamp over the last year or so is the BVA's Respect Your Vet Team campaign. And the I think one of the, going back to the challenges, one of the big challenges we do face is about managing client behaviour and client expectations. And I think just that's a major source of stress and anxiety for many vets. So an exciting thing in my mind is to to be able to really push that out there and um, put it in the forefront and make sure that we do respect our vets. Um, we try to improve our client, well, improve upon the client expectations um, and manage that. And in turn, that has the real potential to try and empower everybody and hopefully to help keep people productive and help with our retention issues as well so that's for me that's one of the exciting things that i've seen over over the last little while um and i suppose taking it back slightly it's it's not necessarily something that's coming but it's been really exciting to see that we have improved it's taken it away from teams but we have improved our standard of animal welfare 
and to to bring pet owners along with us better and and put a better emphasis on preventative pet care disease prevention that shift has been really encouraging to see and it's really exciting and it also extends into the agri-food industry as well and just better understanding of the role that vets can play and we have something going on at the moment um, in Northern Ireland in terms of future farming policy and it's going to be exciting to see where we can uh, put vets into that and where we can feed into animal health and welfare and and really utilise the role that vets can have have across the agri-food industry so there's you know there's exciting things there in terms of positive change as well and um, just for our for our animals as much as for ourselves excellent really positive stuff there christy anything you want to sort of add here as well yeah sure so here at imv imaging we've got a really nice little tagline or slogan i guess and it's we support you so you can support them i think as an equipment supplier one of our responsibilities is to make tools and equipment that make our customers' lives easier, essentially. I guess for me, that's what technology and innovation is all about. I guess what we see as having the biggest impact is making things more efficient to help support the industry's growing workload, which we've we've obviously touched on quite a bit today. So how can we as an imaging equipment supplier help ease that? It is something that we've been focusing on for the last 12 months, and we've introduced a host of new products into our portfolio. Um, just as an example, the V-Scan Air is one of them. Um, it's a really cool little tool, actually. It's a, a portable ultrasound device that doesn't need any wires at all. Um, it connects to your phone, to your tablet, so it can be used in practice, out in the field, or in ambulatory circumstances as well. Um, and we've also introduced a new DR range of X-ray panel solutions. So. I realise that that might not seem like it's going to make a huge change, but I think these kind of solutions dramatically reduce the time that it takes to carry out and interpret images. So again, it's it's freeing up more time for your staff in the practice. Um, another really good thing about this is that they are simple systems to use, so a variety of people within the profession can be involved. Again, on touching on how do we utilise our nurses more. So I think for me, it's, it's simple yet effective changes that we can really start to see to, to drive change. Yeah, excellent moving on i suppose for each of you on the panel what does supporting the modern practice mean to each of you i guess for me just coming off the back of the research and i think something that, that we've all touched on today is supporting the modern practice doesn't just mean for vets but the industry as a whole so we're looking at vets veterinary nurses practice managers clinical directors animal assistants and how we can really kind of come together and huddle around them um, and show support and make it clear where the support is um, and I think from uh, an IMV imaging perspective, it's really important that companies like us are supporting what the BVA does, supporting things like vet support, um, just to make it really clear to the industry where they can find support when they need it. I think it's really clear that it's so important that everybody's working together, the vets, the VNs, all the support staff, companies, the associations and the clients as well. I think we're pulling together as one big team. I think that's really shown too on this. I just echo that completely, especially what, what Christy says there about um, not just the vets, but the industry as a whole. But I think that the main thing is, for me, modern practice has to be about making people as productive as possible and putting all of those productive people together in a productive way. And that's not necessarily making vets work as many hours as possible the minute they leave vet school so that they can get as much experience as quickly as possible. So that ties back into the good veterinary workplace and um, trying to avoid burnout and make sure we have 
as as many effective people for as long as possible um and that in in turn hopefully would deal with the sort of leaky bucket issue that we have within the profession um, and I know Malcolm's mentioned about that before, but having just making sure that people fit in and avoiding any form of discrimination and making sure that we have a workplace that treats everybody fairly and equally and and also making sure that people are remunerated for it. And then I think one of the the um, highlights that maybe came out of the survey as well was that, that pay and benefits is a priority and it's priority for everybody at the moment with cost of living, etc. But we do, you know, it's again, it's it's going past that thought of this is what recent graduates should get paid end of. You know, people do need to be given recognition for good work and um, that sort of attitude of gratitude. Um, and if we can try and get that into workplaces, I think that's it's important. And for me, that's that sort of is what a modern workplace is about. Um, but just making sure that everybody's human needs are met. Um, everybody has a control about choice and security and teamwork and friendship and making sure that people have good self-esteem and they're acknowledged and that they build confidence and they can achieve goals. And I think if we can do all of that, um, one of the big things that leads to stress and anxiety is when people don't have their human needs, needs met. So if we can prioritise that um, across all employees, I think that leads for a pretty good modern workplace. Great stuff. And Malcolm? Yeah, I think our, our whole relationship with work in society has changed, isn't it? You know, over the last decade, we've seen quite a shift we have to move with that. You know, if veterinary practices and how we work isn't moving, we're actually going backwards. We know we've got a recruitment retention issue. We've got to um, try to think how to deal with those things. Your question, I think, Paul, is what's supporting the modern veterinary practice? And I think it's it cuts three ways. By supporting the people that work in it, we support the practices and make them thrive, and that's good for the whole industry. I recognise that when people are short-staffed, that can seem really challenging, but actually just a shift towards saying, if somebody wants to work two days a week and they can't do more, we need to make our work fit the workforce, not try to shoehorn our workforce into what we've always done. The road forward is different. Yeah. Covered loads of ground today, guys. It's been amazing and really inspiring and hopefully a lot of take-homes for people who have been listening. Just to summarise the points that you've made, what would be some of the most key messages that you think people should take from today's podcast? I think the first thing is that we look after ourselves and each other in the same way, with the same enthusiasm and commitment that we do in terms of looking after our animals and um, ensuring that, that nobody's alone and that everybody has someone to turn to and that we recognize there are things that can should be talked about and everyone should have the ability to talk honestly and openly in a safe space yeah yeah and i guess for me it's just that we really continue to drive progression in the industry and whether that's through changes to the way that we work in um, through different initiatives or more efficient products it's, it's really just continuing to, to push that change um, because otherwise we're just going to be left standing still yeah 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 i think although we've got workforce shortages you know we've, we've we know that really well look around those practices with full veterinary teams are not lucky They've reached that position usually by taking their people as seriously as the animals they treat. Yeah. 
Excellent. And you've got BVA Live coming up. I think you'll be delving into some of the points that we've come across today. Is that fair to say you're covering a lot of the same topics there? Many of these things. And uh, we look forward to welcoming people to BVA Live. There's great clinical, non-clinical debate. We've got interactive sessions where you can... Uh, I say, you know, bring your soapbox or your popcorn. The reality last year was that everybody bought a bit of both and uh, people that were there to listen ended up joining in the debate as well. Great stuff. That's all important. That's what you need. That's where change happens, isn't it? The more people that are involved, the better. Absolutely. And the, the, the same from us as well. It's it's our first year um, exhibiting at BVA Live. So we are really excited. Um, there was so many things to kind of get through today. And I guess we wish we had more time. But just to take what you said, Paul, that if people are looking for more information on anything that we've talked about today, um, obviously it will be available on the Vet Times website, but also through IMV Imaging website and our social media as well. Um, and hopefully we'll see some of the listeners at BVA Live absolutely great event and i'm sure there'll be lots going on to that but thank you all so very much for today we've covered loads of ground i think it's been really fantastic hopefully you found the same and as you mentioned there christy links to everything all the services and support and resources that we discussed that will all be in the show notes but for now thank you so much all of you it's been amazing thank you thank you pleasure thanks everyone That's it for Vet Times Podcast this time. Thanks to our guest. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. But for now, thanks for listening. See you next time. Hold up. 